And we're here with Victor Vache. He's the COO of IVPN. And uh, today I learned uh, he also has the URL resistsurveillance.com. Victor, how goes it? All good. Hello, Al. Thanks for the thanks for the invite. Of course, yeah. I noticed you had the uh, the URL because I went to your Noster uh, page and uh, saw that you you had the the Nippo five uh, confirmation there, the JSON file on resistsurveillance.com. So way to go on grabbing that URL. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been working on that as like a you know hobby hobby project. Uh, I'm not super technical. Uh, I'm the least technical person in our team, but uh, it was nice to you know dabble into into uh, a little bit. So I set it up all myself. I'm not super active on Nostra right now, but uh, I, I really plan to change that. So, Well, good. We'll tag you on, on Nostra when this goes out. Um, but we're here today talking about uh, virtual private networks, VPNs. And uh, we saw you um, in Prague just a few weeks ago at the Bitcoin Con, uh, Bitcoin conference there, Victor. And, um, you know, you had a beautiful stand. Um, you were kind of showing people demonstrating IVPN, how it works. And uh, I even picked up a nifty little sticker here resist online surveillance so i've had on my my laptop um over bastia's photo uh so the you know normally people would ask you straight off you know what are vpns what are they important for i want to go into the resist online surveillance things very quickly um, sure. i think uh, we're both familiar with um central europe we're familiar with uh, different countries on the globe and, and what they do in terms of tracking citizens uh, what does it mean for you to resist online surveillance, and why do you think VPNs are essential to that? Sure. So, uh, yeah, this this uh, slogan or this resist online surveillance is pretty close to our whole ethos and why we do uh, all these things. Uh, generally, I think the privacy problem has become uh, really uh, deep and really entrenched uh, in our societies, and we are you know, under constant attack. Uh, from different directions. One is the government uh, side and the other is the, is the corporate side and this too is very much entrenched now. Uh, yeah, and in, in Central Europe, is uh, there are different things happening. Uh, so for I'm from Hungary and one of the things that happened in the past um, six months is that uh, the government have purchased either a partial or full stake in all of the telecommunication providers. And there might be different reasons for it, but one is definitely that or at least I would think so. There is no proof for this, of course. Everything is uh, decided behind closed doors. Uh, but uh, this gives a very good view on uh, what people are uh, doing, uh, what, what kind of uh, domains they are visiting. So just having the, the ISP and, and the telecommunication providers, that gives a very good um, overview of uh, what each person is uh, doing and searching for um, online and what kind of domains they're visiting. So that's that's one way to get that kind of information. But just looking at the bigger picture, stepping back. So um, we are constantly tracked online. Everyone is profiled to some extent, unless you are either go, uh, do a complete offline, you know, not using anything online, uh, or you have like a very, very strict and prudent uh, way of uh, d d um, doing things and trying to uh, counter this, you are tracked. You are tracked by the the big tech companies. You are tracked by data brokers, um, email email marketing companies. Uh, so and all this data, uh, you know, exists in uh, different databases, uh, and uh, it's collated with your personal information. And there is a very good profile of um, of what you are doing online. And depending on what kind of services you use and what kind of choices you make, this can go uh, really 
into like a dystopian um, um, scenarios. And this information is used against you. So this information is power and subsequently privacy is power. So what we are trying to work towards is uh, providing tools to counter this um, dynamic. So give a little bit of uh, control and power back to you to have control over this information. So, so these entities, uh, these two big groups, the, the governments uh, and, the, and the corporations, uh, don't make these choices for you. So privacy for me is uh, the best uh, definition I use is uh, the ability to selectively reveal yourself. This power has been taken away completely. Uh, and, uh, you know, using these tools like a VPN, um, you know, gives you back some of this control. So, but I can I can go deeper a little bit on the on the VPN side and what it exactly helps with and doesn't help with. Yeah, let's let's get into that a little bit because one thing that um, a lot of people who are in into Bitcoin uh, who are into uh, privacy or the crypto world generally normally are going to be very conscious of the traces that they leave, whether that be with an exchange or websites they visit, software they download, whether they verify the software that they download, and. When it comes to our online traffic, you know, we're kind of inundated with tools. You know, there are various uh, privacy browsers. Uh, people are using, you know, different types. They think incognito mode is the way to go. Um, but, you know, when it comes to your IP address, as you mentioned, uh, specifically, in, and this is probably true in most liberal democracies and certainly in the West, you have your IP address registered with your internet service provider, your IP, and that is tied to your full name. Uh, normally your ID, your address, definitely. Um, if you're in the U.S., it's social security number and all this kind of stuff. Um, but you have that full information and identity. And when an ISP sees that you're connecting to the internet, what exactly do they see? Do they just see domains? Are they looking at metadata? And, and what are ways that VPNs can help obfuscate that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so when, when we're talking about uh, the, the ISP and, and your IP address, we can separate two things here. So one is like all your traffic is going through your internet service provider. What they see, uh, so generally they see domains, DNS requests. Um, there has been a nice privacy improvements over the past five years, uh, which, the, which with the inclusion of uh, HTTPS, uh, for example, uh, which means that they don't see um, all the requests that that you sent when you uh, uh, enter a website, for example, they only see the um, domain itself. But this is also very important and very useful information. Uh, if you go on uh, websites that might be deemed, uh, you know, um, not as uh, acceptable by your, you know, government or your, you know, state, um, then that can get get you in, into trouble. So the ISP sees that information, and yeah, and they have different ways to uh, collate uh, this information and use metadata to 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 build that profile of you. So, for example, a government entity can go, ideally with a warrant, go and, and get that information from the ISP. So that's one source of the information. The second part is the is the IP address. The website that you visit uh, itself. Uh, sees that IP address if you don't mask it in in, um, in some way. So if you go to to a website that uh, uh, you know any kind of uh, thing that would be deemed illegal, uh, which might not be you know super criminal things, just uh, you know not very uh, friendly to uh, you know the ideas of the current government, let's say uh, they they see that IP address. So if they, for example, raid the 
the uh, that entity or that uh, the the data center or, or the or the servers and they get their logs uh, then they can get your IP address through that route so uh, these are the two things that uh, that VPNs can definitely help you with so what in very simple terms the, uh, the VPN connection it in- encrypts your traffic uh, your connection between your device and the VPN server and then it exits to the internet um, unencrypted uh, but then your IP address will be changed and anyone who is between your device and the VPN server, primarily your ISP, or it can be a you know Wi-Fi operator in a hotel, they won't be able to see uh, what you're doing. They will just see that you are connected to the VPN and it's an encrypted traffic. They cannot decrypt it. So anyone who wants to inspect or eavesdrop or infiltrate your connection uh, won't be able to do it. So that's that's all it does. That's that's the primary use case for a, for a VPN. And this is where some of the problems come in because many VPN providers say that uh, VPNs give you perfect privacy, uh, anonymity. If you go on some of the the websites of like major uh, VPN providers who do a lot of advertising and you know even podcast ads, uh, they do a lot of uh, either straight out lies or uh, you know a little bit of an obfuscation of the of the nuances. And I I think that's very damaging because VPNs are just you know part of a toolkit. So uh, it's not gonna, you know, give you perfect, perfect privacy or anonymity. But uh, yeah, we can talk about some uh, uh, some other tools and uh, and generally what what else you can do uh, later if you if you want. Yeah, I, I won't uh, I won't put the name on the record, but I will say um, we uh, we host uh, events in Davos every year. We're not officially invited, but uh, my group and I. And uh, I was very odd to learn that there were a few VPN companies that were sponsoring. Uh, also, a couple other uh, events in Davos, and were hobnobbing, and they had white badges with the WEF. Um, so I won't name those here, but uh, off the call, I'll, I'll probably mention it to you. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the, the part about you know trust a bit, and um, it's just like the cloud. The cloud is essentially someone else's computer that you're trusting. Um, oddly enough, a lot of people are running Bitcoin Lightning nodes on other people's computers, which you know is a whole other issue. But uh, you mentioned that with your uh, VPN provider. So instead of trusting your I- ISP, that trust is shifted. Uh, so speaking specifically about the one that you represent, IVPN, what I find very interesting and uh, one that I think is a bit different than other VPN providers is that you know you don't have to use your email and log in. Uh, you can just generate, you know, sort of a random account ID code. Um, you can have, you know, basically a plan that expires every f- couple of days, every month. Um, when it comes to trusting of VPN providers, you mentioned some of the competitors again, and uh, it's it's strange. I don't know if you've noticed it on American podcasts, particularly conservative podcasts. Uh, there, it's just like insane the amount of VPN advertising that goes on, and it's. A lot of it is about, oh, yeah, you know, they're not going to catch you doing this and that. Uh, But a lot of it has to do with copyright and uh, streaming, things like this. Uh, But talking about trusting of servers, you know, if if I'm a regular, ordinary consumer, you know, I generate my account ID or I'm trying to look between different VPN providers, you know, what should I keep in mind in terms of placing trust? Because that is a big thing in terms of placing my, my Internet traffic somewhere. Yeah, this this is a big topic. I've I've uh, in at different conferences I've given like workshops and presentations. I can talk about this for two hours, so but I'm mindful of the time here. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a very hard uh, very hard problem. Even myself, you know, I've been uh, in this industry for five years. Um, I can evaluate VPNs pretty quickly. I have a checklist of like twenty things to look to look for, but 
generally the the honest truth is that you cannot trust any VPN provider, commercial VPN provider, a hundred percent, and it, even even us, you know. Uh, and the reason for that is that you cannot verify the actual code and the configuration running on the, uh, on their servers. So there's no way right now. There are ideas for this that anyone can audit the actual actual running code. So this means that if they choose to, they can log and they can do anything with that information uh, that they want to. So what you can do is try to increase your confidence that you are they, they, they are not going to uh, you know um, screw you over from zero uh, percent. You evaluate the provider and you start with zero percent and you try to increase it to I don't know ninety nine or as close uh, as possible. And for me, there are hundreds of VPN providers. Um, based on my very strict uh, criteria, I would maybe trust three or four, uh, which is uh, you know pretty scary for <laughs> for uh, if you believe me that uh, that for anyone else using the other ones. Uh, so there are there are key different uh, factors like trust um, signals for me that, that I look at. One uh, m- very important is the transparency and accountability. So uh, you need to have an idea of what, uh, what is, uh, who is running this uh, service. Is there a legit company? Ideally, not in a very offshore location, which can be obfuscated, and they have you know there is no recourse for you uh, to go go after them. Uh, it has to have a public team, for example, so you know who is responsible uh, for your uh, for your traffic and your and your data. For us, with with IVPN, we don't do a lot of advertising for different reasons, mainly because of uh, uh, privacy. So what we are trying to do is build trust. Uh, we we write a lot of uh, about uh, uh, about VPNs and privacy, and I go to a lot of conferences for this reason. Uh, you know, I'm there. Uh, you know, I'm 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 doxed. You know, everyone knows my name. Uh, I have a I have a family. I have a reputation. If I'm going to do anything shady and it you know it it c- comes out then I, I'm, I'm not going to work in uh, privacy or Bitcoin or any, any of these communities or any of these industries ever again. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of stake here. So that's, that's the one uh, key thing. The, the other thing, uh, uh, you can see some red flags. So, for example, I mentioned this overpromising, you know, anonymity and perfect privacy. If, if a VPN provider is promising you that, they are, they are probably misleading you. So you probably you shouldn't trust them. Uh, they have to have a clear privacy policy where they explain that they don't log and how they don't log. Um, audits, you know, uh, security audits are a good, good signal, but or they are only a snapshot in time. So uh, there are a lot others, you know, I can share a, uh, a checklist with you. Uh, maybe you can, you know, put it in some sort of a, a resource or we can, uh, we can share Yeah, we can it. put that in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can go through those and... Uh, and look at these trust signals. But again, there is no, uh, you know, one clear way to see that, okay, th- this VPN provider is trustworthy. So it's a, it's a tricky business. Okay, yeah, I think that that is really helpful. We'll, we'll uh, put that in the show notes because I think that's very important. And, um, you know, tying it to the, the broader theme of fix the money, obviously we can pay for a VPN subscription at iVPN with uh, not only Bitcoin, but also on Lightning. Uh, which I believe is incredibly unique. Uh, as far as I know, Lightning, I think you guys are the only ones. Um, I think there are a couple of other providers, but uh, they wouldn't pass my checklist. So, I mean, I mean, you can evaluate them for themselves, uh, for yourself, but uh, they, they have some other things. For example, they promise anonymity. So uh, I wouldn't say that we are the only VPN provider, but among the, the, the ones that I would trust, if you evaluate them, yeah, we are, uh, we are doing uh, Lightning. 
so yeah, uh, that's that was very important for us. Uh, you know, we've been accepting Bitcoin for a long time. We are we are Bitcoiners. Most of the conferences I go to are somewhat uh, or completely related to Bitcoin, um, and uh, yeah, we believe that the that, that the Lightning Network has a lot of improvements in terms of the privacy properties. So I see the, the one of the biggest issues with Bitcoin is privacy. A lot of people assumed, you know, even uh, especially back then that uh, Bitcoin is uh, anonymous and it gives you uh, real privacy and it, it, it was used um, and it was very popular for paying for different illicit things. Um, but, uh, you know, it, there has been a lot of information and education uh, in, in the past years, which I'm very happy about that uh, everything is recorded publicly and it can be tied to your uh, to your to your identity if you are not very careful in, in how you use bitcoin and lightning uh, specifically uh, improves a lot especially on the on the sender side which is you know in this context is the most important thing so this is why we are pretty early in uh, in, in uh, adding lightning but yeah uh, to tie tie this back a little bit into one of your earlier points is about the the account ids so uh, Another way to evaluate VPN providers is to see how much information they know about you and how much information may, uh, they are passing on to others. So just, just by visiting their website and signing up, if you use uh, something called uh, tracker blockers or like um, extensions in your, in your browser, which shows how many trackers they run, there, there are, there are um, specific tools for this. Most of the big VPN uh, providers, they use a lot of stuff that is very, uh, you know, privacy encroaching and not, and not privacy friendly. They use Google Analytics, they install uh, Facebook Pixel, um, and they use different, you know, um, data brokers and, and email marketing providers for marketing purposes. So what this means that when you go on their website, you are immediately starting to get profiled as a privacy conscious person. It, it might not mean or uh, infer that they are doing anything shady on the VPN connection, but it definitely a strong signal that they more more about selling privacy, you know, and they prioritize their business and the marketing uh, uh, purposes over your privacy. So if, if we if we track the step of going on their website and then uh, signing up to your um, um, to their um, service, the second step is they ask for your email. They might ask for even more information. And they prefer that that you sign up with a um, through PayPal or credit card. So all all this information is is not really friendly to your privacy. So if you take a VPN provider like iVPN, we don't ask for your email. You just have to press a button and we generate an account ID, and then you can pay with uh, with uh, with uh, anonymity friendly uh, payment options like Lightning or I can mention Cash as well. If a VPN provider accepts Cash, then it's and we do. Uh, it's a very strong signal that they uh, that they're looking for ways to you know know as little about you as possible uh, and that's important because um, if there is any issues then even uh, you know so this this is also like a more complex topic so i uh, i'm not saying that there is a chance for you uh, for that to happen but if if we are talking about the real worst case scenarios if we were to be compromised uh, then there is no personally identifiable information connected to your vpn account uh, which means that that no one can you know start making those uh, uh, making those connections. So it's an extra level of protection, and it shows that the VPN provider cares about that. Fix the money is brought to you by Twenty One Bitcoin, the easy way to buy, sell, save, and send Bitcoin. Twenty One Bitcoin is a Bitcoin only app, not an exchange. There's no distractions. There's an individual savings plan, very low fees, first class personal support 
and a German bank account. Based in the Austrian Alps, it's available now throughout Europe. Download now using the code FIXTHEMONEY to get up to 20% off your fees over there on 21bitcoin.app. Not your keys, not your coins. You need a hardware wallet signing device. Check out the Bitbox O2. Swiss made, secure, beautiful, open source, Tor support, Bitcoin only, and an all around outstanding product. Use the code FIXTHEMONEY on shiftcrypto.ch to get 5% off. That's the Bitbox O2, fix the money. So much like uh, Tor Network, would it be true to say that um, once we generate our account ID, log into IVPN, turn it on, whether it be on our PC, Mac, phone, um, that our entering IP address, is that logged anywhere or what is done with that information? So yeah, this is where the trust factor comes in. Uh, you, you put it very well with the, with the shifting the trust from the ISP. So what you do is, is you connect to the VPN server and yes, the VPN server and the VPN provider can see your IP address. And uh, as I said, they can choose to log uh, all this information and all your requests and everything that goes through the VPN connection. Um, if they have a clear privacy policy and they have, you have reasonable assurances that, that, that uh, they honor it, this is where the trust uh, factor comes in, that they don't log it. We don't log it. We have no uh, you know, connection logs, timestamp logs. Uh, we discard the information um, immediately. So there are no temporary logs. But uh, yeah, the, the, the VPN um, provider can know that information and they see that information. So this is, uh, you know, this is where the, yeah, the trust factor comes in. All right. Yeah, that's a very important point. And um, I will note that, you know, on the site and uh, all the times that I've used VPN, you know, you make a point of saying, look, we, we don't promise anonymity. And uh, you do have a canary. Uh, yeah. Or a worry canary on the website. It was very interesting. Uh, not too many other VPN uh, providers have this, by the way. So uh, kudos for that. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask about, and this, is, this will be a bit more wonky, but we have this new privacy agreement that has now been uh, signed, this new privacy framework between the EU and the United States. And this has been a big concern for a lot of people in policy circles when it comes to if I'm a normal European and I want to use an American service and you know my data is being collected by that service and then being transmitted across to the U.S., uh, we've seen record fines that were been issued by European entities. And uh, the main concern is about American surveillance. Now, whether that be through uh, the FISA system, whether it be through um, all of the kind of intelligence uh, apparatus that uh, Edward Snowden unveiled to us, um, we know that this is a, a clear and present danger. You know, it might impact people very differently. But you never know. And um, the way that the American system works with FISA is like most of the time you don't even know that you have a warrant out in your day or something like that. You know, so what is the kind of importance of, of using a, a trusted and very good VPN provider when it comes to government surveillance on that order, especially if it's a jurisdiction that you're not necessarily a part of? You know, I say this knowing that India, technically, you're not supposed to have VPNs. Turkey, it's very limited. Most of the dictatorships of the world, it's fairly limited. I think in Russia, a lot of these VPN sites are blacklisted. I don't know if IVPN is. That'd be an interesting question. Uh, but yeah, what, what would you say to that? Yeah. Um, 
So most of our customers are, are from the U.S. and generally the ISP problem, as as we call it, about uh, you know the 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 ISPs what can and cannot do with your with your data is there is specifically no restrictions there, um, and uh, that gives the ability to other entities you know to tap into that. Uh, yeah, and they just. Uh, about your question, so U.S. has a surveillance agreement with uh, at least 50 countries now. So there was this different eyes, you know, agreements. But it's, you know, it's been anyone who's like at least somewhat friendly to the U.S. has, uh, you know, has some, have some sort of data sharing um, agreement with them. And as you've mentioned, they have different ways to getting data. But their idea is to get as much of your personal communications um, as possible. And they have ways to, you know, without warrants, they can get foreigners um, information about uh, communication of foreign entities. But there is a lot of communication going on with uh, with like US, uh, US citizens. So they have a clear uh, way of uh, in a complete, you know, uh, without any kind of oversight, uh, get a kind of information. And one, one part of that, uh, is getting that information from your from your ISP, and this is where the where the VPN um, steps in. But again, it's very important that it's it's just a part of part of a puzzle, and it's a part of a toolkit. So the they get a lot of information from Google, Facebook, um, Microsoft, and other other big uh, big tech companies as well. And if you start using their services and you sign up to their services, give your personal information, verify yourself on YouTube, um, you know, and you share personal messages, personal uh, personal pictures through these um, tech companies, it's it's all fair game, you know, in this context. So uh, yeah, VPN is I think is very important to uh, protect your. Uh, yourself from leaking that information through uh, the the ISPs, uh, even in, in um, other jurisdictions. Uh, but you have to be very mindful that it's uh, it's not going to, you know, solve uh, all these all these issues with the uh, with your communications. So you need to ditch these platforms, <laughs> I think. And you, for example, for your uh, for your private messages, uh, you need to use services that you, that, uh, that employ end to end encryption. So I personally use uh, Signal, and I've converted most of my family, thankfully, to Signal. But there are you know more, uh, let's say, uh, wonky you know ways of doing this. But uh, you know it depends on your level of paranoia, I guess. Yeah, it, well, that was the that was the hard question. So that was a, that's a good. Uh, but you're absolutely right. It's very hard to transition uh, friends and family away from the blue bubbles um, on uh, something like iMessage. I mean, at, at least outside of the U.S., you know, Android still does uh, run King, so you're you're able to get you know a lot of different um, privacy messengers that people use. Um, one thing I've been using recently is a SimpleX which is kind of interesting. And you're actually able to, you can technically run your own server, which now um, is available on, on something like Start9, which is, uh, yeah, it's it works for me about half the time. So there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of ways to go with that. Uh, so yeah, Victor, in terms of uh, some of the other uh, sort of privacy recommendations, I know you've, you've written about this. I, I found your GitHub, by the way, where you have a lot of these uh, things written out there. Uh, you know, you, if someone is, is beginning their privacy journey, and you know they've already got a VPN, so they started out with that. Let's say, uh, what would you say are the the first practical next steps for someone who um, cares about privacy, should care about privacy, and you know wants to obviously still be connected to technology and still use technology because it is a very freeing medium. 
Uh, but what should be that next step you think they should take? Yeah, I think the next step is is tying back to what I mentioned. I think the the biggest issues uh, are, are are based on what kind of services you use. So uh, I would go and review all of the different social media activities um, and different other um, tools that I use and apps that I use. Some of them are you know straight out surveillance tools. So that's that's that would be a very important step. Um, but just in terms of um, specific tools, I mentioned uh, tracker blockers. Uh, so these are useful because they stop these kind of uh, trackers on websites that help with uh, following you, you around um, and profiling you. There are browser extensions for this. Uh, there's something called the Privacy Badger that is done by EFF. That's a very basic and very you know easy to use tool. Uh, many VPNs are using uh, built-in tracker blockers now. Uh, IVPN also has a tool called, called Anti-Tracker, and we are making some improvements on that in the next couple of weeks. So uh, we are trying to focus more on this. Um, some other things that I use, uh, you can use services where you can generate new email addresses for different services that you sign up to. So you don't have to give your you know, main address. And uh, this way, they cannot use that information and you know for profiling. And also, if they do anything shady or they start to spam you, you will see it's coming from that provider, and you can just uh, block them. So that's a that's a very interesting thing. Uh, I use a service called Anon Eddy. Um, and yet. Uh, one one note to that, Victor. What? Actually, if we look at the majority of our uh, subscribers, and again, we only collect email mm-hmm. addresses of so people who subscribe to fix the money. Uh, I would say about half of them are using something like Simple Login or, or one of these anonymous services. So happy I, to I hear that. The audience is pretty clued nice. into that, thankfully. Nice. And yeah, the privacy respecting email uh, would be the next one. Uh, you know, the, the most popular email provider is Gmail. You know, I, I just what I have to send uh, emails with some sensitive information through gmail i just cringe immediately unfortunately um so uh yeah they are essentially surveillance tools they are free and you are the product so that would be my next step uh yeah payments is very important uh, as we discussed uh, btc with with uh, lightning is is a, is, is a very good solution for services that accept it but there are different card masking services uh, in the us it's uh it's very popular, uh, but privacy.com. Yeah, but not, not all of them are available in Europe. And yeah, yeah I, I've been looking into this a lot. You know, as I as I happen to fly across both, uh, there's uh, privacy.com. There's also MySudo in the U.S. There are a few in Europe, but uh, I'll, I'm still scoping them out right now. It seems like one of the only is uh, Revolut with their disposable cards. That seems to be pretty much the only equal, as far as I know. Yeah, so that's 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 an important uh, step, but yeah, my general recommendation is uh, yeah, it's it, it would be around KYC in general. We talked uh, yeah, we have, we have talked about Bitcoin and uh, exchanges as well. Um, if you can try to find ways to you know not uh, give your personal information, upload your uh, you know passports, and use these verification tools, uh, you know these are going to be uh, their data retention policies. And these are the clearest way to, you know, to, to ID you and get you on different lists. And whenever we enter into a period where this information about, you know, whether you are a Bitcoiner or you save in Bitcoin, uh, that information might be very valuable uh, in the future to two different entities uh, and specifically for governments. You know, uh, we've seen 
uh, what can happen, you know, and what happened with gold, for example. Uh, so, uh, yeah, be be very mindful. Privacy is a is a very hard topic. That I think I just wanted to re- relay that that so don't be disheartened about all this information and all these uh, issues. I think there is no zero privacy and there is no no perfect privacy. You can take different steps and you can improve uh, your privacy hygiene, let's say. Um, but uh, yeah, you need to be uh, you need to be vigilant. <laughs> that's the that's the key message there. So, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of very, very good points that you gave there. Very good tips, um, practical things that people can do now. And, and you did mention some of those options for Bitcoin as well. Um, I, we are seeing a, a huge growth in the number of people using lightning, which is very encouraging. Um, so, Victor, as a kind of last word, you know, you have uh, uh, an open source um, GitHub page here for IVPN. And I noticed a lot of the apps are on there. I think this is very interesting. Again, uh, you don't see this with many other providers, if any. So I, w- I will give you guys kudos w- once more for that. Uh, so just sort of in closing, you know, what uh, since you've been going out around to Bitcoin conferences, you've been meeting a lot of people, had a lot of questions, you know, what's something that you've learned from a lot of Bitcoiners who come up to you and maybe you've asked about VPNs or online privacy, you know, is there something that you didn't expect that you might have learned? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I mean, the one first thing that uh, came to my mind is that there's a lot more interest in, uh, in privacy. So the amount of and the percentage of people who are interested in Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoiners, uh, there was not a whole lot of interest. There was a couple of uh, well-known figures like two or three years ago, uh, you know, always going on about the same things and trying to uh, do education, but they were they were not very popular. But nowadays, uh, it's a it's a very hot uh, very hot topic and uh, I I really uh, appreciate that because it means that people care and that people think about these um, different things. Um, interesting things that I've learned, nothing really comes to mind, but I will uh, I'll think about it because that's a, for for our next conversation because that's a that's an interesting. Thing. Yeah, we'll have plenty more that we can uh, throw in your mind, but uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to talk, Victor. We've been talking with uh, Victor Vache here on Fix the Money. Um, again, that website is ivpn.net, and uh, Victor will put all your other links and uh, guides and some of your your key to list when uh, people are evaluating VPNs. Uh, so thanks so much for coming on the program, and uh, yeah, look forward to talking again and, and seeing how we can continue to resist online surveillance. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. For more content, articles, and podcasts like this, go to fixthemoney.net. Putin is bad, very, very, very bad, but he's still better than the guy who brings every conversation around to Bitcoin. How long was your shitcoin phase? What was your favorite shitcoin?